Men, our lives spill over as a sacred love story, the story of God and humanity. It's the biggest soap opera of all time. It's, you know, it's like every day, it's not necessarily a season, but it's a, it's a new day and you have an hour and you have times and it's all a love saga. And then you have, <laughs> it's just the revealing of God's love in the story of humanity is what I'm seeing today. And the full revelation of divine love, the full revelation of Jesus Christ illuminating your minds today. And how much he's loved you and how much he's loved your generations and how he's done everything towards you every day in a world filled with legalism, religion, lust. It's called the lion's den and the leopard's lair. The low place. When our souls were in the low place, we lived in the lion's den. What's the lion's den? Pride. Pride of life. What's the leopard's lair? Lust the eyes, lust the flesh. When our souls were carnal, we lived on the earth and we were constantly attacked by lions and leopards which represent demons of the kingdom of hell and we endured all suffering for love and we learned how to drink love even though we were continuously wounded by others we have known all persecution for love's sake we have known all misunderstanding because the carnal mind comprehends not the things of love nor can it the carnal mind cannot understand divine love. The carnal mind wars against divine love. It says, does he really love you? Then why would he let you be hurt so badly? That's what the leopard says. The toothless lion comes around and says, why would he allow you to be harmed so severely? Why would he let you get sick if he actually loves you? Every lie of the false lion and the lying leopard is to test you in love. Do you believe that his love is greater than the natural realm? Because the natural realm speaks another story. It speaks the story of lust. It speaks the story of adultery. It speaks the story of murder. It speaks the story of atrocity. The natural realm is a lying devil. All the natural realm is a lying devil. It is. And if you can sacrifice that lying devil realm for the realm of divine love, Christ in you, the hope of your mind realizing love, he will raise you up and seat you at the banqueting table. There's a banqueting table for you to feast at. And this is the feast of divine love. As you begin to eat and drink his flesh and his blood, you are healed. Nobody comes clean. You're only clean as you feast. Luke 15, the younger prodigal son's a mess. He's smelling like the pig trough. God didn't give him a shower. He gave him a robe. He covered him. Love covers. Love never accuses. Love keeps no record of wrong.
Hallelujah. Should we go there? First <laughs> Corinthians 13, in the Passion. If I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages, and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. If I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but have never learned to love, then I am nothing. If I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor, and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr, without pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame or disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. <laughs> it extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial. But when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. When I was a child, I spoke about childish matters, for I saw things like a child and reasoned like a child, but the day came when I matured. And I set aside my childish ways. For now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries as though reflected in a mirror. But one day we will see face to face. My understanding is incomplete now, but one day I will understand everything. Just as everything about me has been fully understood. Until then, there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. I believe we're entering a season of fulfillment where prophecy is fulfilled by love. I believe we're entering the seventh day where there is such a love feast of Christians in the glory that everything of natural ministry that builds you up into perfection is fully accomplished. I believe we're living in the time of the fading fivefold ministry. For the fivefold is only here until you arrive in perfect love. And then what are you? Kings and queens of the glory realm the sons and daughters of Eden. So the whole ministry of the Spirit is to lead you into all truth, and the truth 
is how much God loves you. The most important thing that you ever know is God's love. If you don't know His love, not a single word in the Bible could ever be written on your heart. He can only write His word upon your spirit to the measure you believe in your mind that He loves you. Just like with a spouse or a friendship, with brothers and sisters, you can only receive from them to the measure you know and believe how much they love you. If you know that person sincerely loves you, your heart's wide open. Just pour it in like a river. Feast upon my garden. Hallelujah. And it becomes a love feast. So the revelation of divine love from God and then the revelation flowing through us of divine love towards one another, Christian to Christian. Amen? Because only a Christian can release the divine love. Only those who are born again can release divine love. Everyone else is stuck in phileo love and the human ability. Now we're going to draw them to jealousy. Our love feasting and learning how to love perfectly and releasing the glory of God, perfect love, enriching each other's spirit life, spirit to spirit, iron sharpening iron, iron represents spirit. And there will be a continual silver mist of your spirit life so enriched, flowing right out of your heart. You'll see it. You'll see the silver and gold of God. Job 22, I have made the Lord God Almighty my gold and the Holy Spirit my precious silver. So that you'll see the golden glory and you'll see the Holy Spirit glory and you'll see His perfect love. When you begin to see it, and that river of love that proceeds from the throne of God and the Lamb manifesting out of your belly, that's the bride birthing revival. That's the, the bride beginning to drown the world. I believe we're beginning to see rain this season. And the rain will turn into rivers, and the rivers will turn into torrents. And the whole world will be flooded with divine love. Now, since these are like the days of Noah, and there is much revelry in the soulish realm of the natural, giving and taking in marriage is the revelry of the soul realm. All the activity of the lion's den and the leopard's lair is giving and taking in marriage. While we're being set apart for the realm of glory, from the, for the realm of Eden, by drinking divine love and having fellowship one to another, and growing and getting sharper, and getting more accurate, and getting more prophetic, and getting more revelatory. And we're growing in divine love, and we enter the ark two by two. Amen? What is the ark? It's the bridegroom's chambers. The days of Noah that separate those with pure love from profane love. The dividing, dividing line between the holy and the sacred, and the reprobate that will be destroyed, are those who purify themselves from lust. Simple as that. Who purify themselves from immorality, which is idolatry. Who purify themselves from the greed of the natural dimension. And say, God's dimension supersedes the natural dimension. I will have no other gods besides Him. And you know that, because you know that sound doctrine, but now it's time to come into the experience of that love by entering the ark two by two. Why two by two? Because it's a restoration to Eden. The fall of man was man and woman falling out of the glory. 
You can only enter perfect glory two by two. How did the animals enter the ark? Two by two. How do you enter Eden? Two by two. Amen. Is it so much about a mate? It's so much about intimate fellowship in love. We need each other to enter the fullness of the glory of God. There is no individuality in divine love. Zero. Where there is such a realm of glory between Christian and Christian in absolute holiness that you can't tell where he begins and she ends. Or she begins and he ends. And it's just a big cloud and every spirit overlapping. Don't you know that's the apostolic covering of the bride of Christ? That the, the love between Christians is so strong that their spirits are interwoven. Father, I pray they may be one even as we are one. And I have given them the glory. The glory intertwining between all Christian spirit lives who learn how to love is the covering and the blanketing of the earth with the apostolic covering of divine love. Hallelujah. So every little thing in there that fights the love of God, all the wounds, and there's a lot. There's places in the depths of your heart you'll be surprised. I've been around people that have been born again. They speak in tongues. They think they're healed. They go through all the deliverance classes. They go through all the books, the counseling sessions. You know, all, they had so many multiple partners before they were a Christian, and they messed up, backslid. And this love purifies you from your belly. You'll feel fire in your abdomen. You'll feel the fire of God like a river flowing out of your innermost being and healing you all the way up through your very soul. And you'll feel your soul begin to burn. You'll feel your heart begin to burn and your whole body begin to burn because I make my ministers of love flames of fire. God is love and God is an all consuming jealous fire. This is the realm of getting healed in the deepest depths of your spirit. And your spirit rises right out of your belly, right out of your abdomen, in your spiritual stomach, your rich treasure of glory. And a lot of people's rich treasure of glory, first of all, they don't know they have one. They don't know they're rich, you know, because they're poor in religion. They got all kinds of poverty mentality, poverty spirits. There are so many enemies of love, and they all live in the natural dimension, and they all live on the earth. And as soon as you can begin to receive love and let your spirit build up your soul and your soul raise in divine love, then you'll begin to see more clearly. You can't see when you're just stuck in the natural dimension. It's blind leading the blind. Everything out of the soul realm, all soulish leadership, is blindness. True seeing, prophetic seeing, which is available to everyone, counseling you to buy ISAF so you can see, opening up and illuminating the eyes of our heart by revelations of divine love, then your spirit begins to see by feeling God, walking by faith, not by sight for a while, until you're mature enough that you've crucified your mind with Christ so that the mind of Christ becomes your seeing. And you see by divine love. You see through the blood of Jesus. You see through the throne of God and the throne of the Lamb. And your visualization of others' souls is as brides-to-be in the potential of them drinking the river of life coming out of you. That's how you begin to see with the eyes of love. And there are seven eyes, the seven spirits of God, burning through your hearts. 
going into the deeper realms of knowing the Holy Spirit more intimately, as Jesus knew the Holy Spirit, as the seven spirits of God, will help you rise from the dead. That's all the power of the Father. He's already given it out. The issue is, He's not going to share His power with lust. He's not going to share His power with guile. He's not going to share His power with people who have their own agendas, building little sandcastles and calling it God's Christian church. God the Father is a jealous lover. He will not share His power and His authority, His dominion, or His kingdom with another. It's all about yielding to the Father in you. He didn't even share it with Jesus. What? It's true. He didn't share it with Jesus. No. Jesus yielded to the Father so perfectly that the Father could be Himself through His body. He showed us how to live. Completely and totally yielded to the Father's love even at times when Jesus didn't understand what the Father's doing. Not clearly, not perfectly, because he had a human brain. He wasn't transfigured yet. He grew. He grew, he grew, he grew, he grew. He came like a human being, and he transfigured into the second Adam. And now he is our life-giving spirit, and he gives you life by receiving his love. Amen. First, we deal with the wounds. And all wounds are cured when you drink his cup. Is it all about being drunk? Kind of. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in that cup. It's not just about a manifestation. It's not just about, you know, looking drunk and feeling drunk. I mean, that, that's definitely part of it. He, he wants you to be pleasured continuously. But what in, what's in that cup is everything that makes God God. Everything that makes God God in the DNA of Jesus and the blood of the Lamb that we drink as the cup of the new covenant supernaturally by receiving the Holy Spirit's love towards us all the time, it is what heals our DNA. And you'll find what's in that cup is the enemy of everything in the natural dimension. I mean, everything that has the appearance and knowledge of good opposes love. Song of Solomon chapter 8 says, and we've endured rivers of persecution. What are the rivers of perse persecution of Song of Solomon chapter 8? tells you in Revelation. I saw a river proceeding from the mouth of the red dragon. What's the red dragon represent? Religion. The soulishness of man. Man's goodness in his own brain called the Antichrist. And the blasphemy of God. It's the blasphemy of God. It's the religious devil known as Satan and Lucifer. That's what it is. It's the red dragon's rivers trying to get you to wax cold, trying to get you to not go to the next degree of glory. Here's all the good reasons why you should stop growing in the love of Jesus, why you should, should stop listening to Red Letter Ministries, why you should stop getting drunk in the Holy Spirit. Here's all the good logical reasons why you shouldn't obey the Holy Spirit, why you shouldn't go deeper in God. And you're just constantly hit with the rivers of persecution from the mouth of the red dragon. I mean... The thing is, is you fall so in love with the, the inward springs of divine love of the great shepherd King Jesus Christ that you don't even listen to those voices. I, I don't listen to those voices. I haven't listened to those voices one day in full-time ministry the last 13 years. I knew they were all demons. I watched them in Teen Challenge. I watched them in Bible College. I knew what we were going up against. When I graduated Bible College in 2006, I asked the Lord, why did you send me there? It was dark night of the soul. 
He said, so you'd have a master's degree with religious demons so that I would never get led astray by the rivers of the persecution of the red dragon's pride called religion. I'd never go astray in soulish, Jezebelic, magic arts, false Christianity, the horror of Babylon. Be set apart, pure from the profane. I'm so thankful for it. The suffering is so intense, but the thing about it is, is the joy is so overwhelming. As suffering produces such a glory, the persecution of the red dragon's rivers produces such an internal glory that they're only fighting God the Father being formed on the inside of your very bodies. So if you keep going, what do you think the Father's going to do to these enemies? He's going to utterly wash them away. And most of them, you've you got to be like every day, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. Because they're just carnal. They're just humans. They don't have any revelation. Unless you have revelation in you, what are you, what are you going to expect to come out of them? Only by encountering the Lord Himself in His glory can you even have a transformed mind to love others. So they don't even have the capabilities of telling the truth. They don't have the capabilities or the development of, the, of their spirit man to even understand one drop of what you're experiencing. That comes with the territory of everyone who's ever grown in God the last 6,000 years. I mean, it's every single prophet, apostle, king, judge, and priest from Genesis to Revelation without a single exception. Misunderstood, persecuted, attacked violently, all for divine love. The two trees in the garden are divine love and human love. Human love is the Antichrist and the blasphemy of Satan and his angels. It is. Because once you get into divine love, you get into the glory of God, and it destroys all the works of Satan. It destroys religion. It destroys pride. It destroys lust. You grow and get your virginity back. You grow in holiness. You grow in all the power and the wisdom of the age to come. You grow in God. You begin to walk with the Father in Eden, and your spirit man becomes more real to you than your natural man. And there's a time coming, and will soon be here, when your spirit will be more real to you than your body. Amen. All because of learning how to feast on love. The banqueting table of the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. Taking your seat in the heavens and learning how to feast on revelation of love and revelation of grace also. Revelation of grace is very much necessary. How highly favored you are by God the King. The enemy will attack your grace nonstop because the enemy's kingdom only works by stealing from the covenant race, the Christians. The enemy only operates illegally. It's true. He pretends to be a lawyer, but he has... The thing about it is, if you are in Christ, he has no legal jurisdictions over you. The lightnings of rescinding have removed the curse of the law from your very brain. He's got no paperwork on you. If you receive the fullness of divine love, which is the lightning of rescinding, if the lightnings ascend, their forms are forever changed, it says in Enoch, meaning that you're a new creature altogether in Christ, no longer under the law, now over the law, and washing the law away with floods of grace and love from the Garden of Eden, springing up out of divine intimacy with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and with other brothers and sisters in that realm that are mature enough to be equally yoked with you to understand these things. So you'll find people. That's why you got to enter two by two, because you have to be built up in your spirit, one with another. The full restoration of all things is two by two entering the ark. The ark is Eden. That's entering the promised land. 
the fullness of the Father's glory, the fullness of Shekinah, bright, brilliant light burning through you. Amen. What is the Shekinah? What is the Shekinah glory? It's the love of God. It's the fire of His love. What is the seal of love upon our hearts? Shekinah burning through our spirit, man. And what is the transfiguration of the mind? Growing in that Shekinah burning love through our brain until there's nothing human about us left. Still have human bodies, but internally, all that's left is divine love. That's a mature lover. That's a Huyos manifesting Son of God because they're manifesting the Son of God, the Son of His love. Amen? John the Apostle became indestructible. They tried to kill him by chopping his head off. Didn't work. They tried to kill him by boiling him in oil. Didn't work. They ended up just exiling him to Patmos where he wrote Revelation when he was 99 years old. And it was all because he had revelation of how much the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit loved him. Death could not kill him. He experienced Song of Solomon 8, a love that's stronger than death. Hallelujah. Some of you have tested that. And you have seen how much you're loved. Overdosing on drugs and you're still here. Shot at and you're still here. Car accidents and you're still here. All kinds of drama in this world. But you're still here because God's love towards you is stronger than the enemy's ability to kill you, even to steal from you or destroy you. And as you grow in love, all that stuff will be repaid you sevenfold. It's a season of restoration of all things that have been lost to Satan, the religious accuser. Amen. And how does it get restored? When you learn to get healed and you learn to love. Can you love your enemies? Yes, we can. Amen. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. They haven't been taught the divine love. They've been taught mostly Jezebel, witchcraft, and that's why they're so nasty. That's why they're so still reptilian, dragonian. The, the love is so small in them that it's like they're mostly haters. It's because they've been taught by demons. Many Christians are actually taught by religious demons false Christianity of the fallen angels. Satan and his angels have a form of Christianity that denies the power thereof, the power of love. And it comes with a counterfeit love called phileo. Human ability to love. Carnal, selfish love. It's all about me instead of sacrifice, crucifixion with Christ. That's the main enemy. Once you taste divine love is slowing down and getting selfish. Yeah. If you don't slow down, you will drive so fast with Jesus in a chariot of fire, a chariot of love. You'll go up in a whirlwind of fire like Elijah, a whirlwind of love. All the movement of God the Father is through love, for faith works through love, and all the gifts of power operate through love. So the more and more you can drink His love, the more power and gifts, signs and wonders, and total destruction of the enemies of love, the leopard's lair, the lion's den, be massacred around you, and you'll have peace. We have peace as the bride of Christ by receiving so much of the Father's love towards us that it overflows and completely seals away the realm of the red dragon 
the bottomless pit, under our feet, the flesh realm, the carnal realm, under our feet for a thousand years. I believe you could have that realm completely sealed under your feet and those people be out there living in a different world even while our physical bodies are in the same terrestrial plane. You know what I mean? Because we're in our Father's mansion and they can't enter the glory. They can't enter Eden. And we carry that realm of Eden that's guarded by flashing the sword and cherubim. And they can only enter in if they learn how to love. Otherwise, they're completely sealed out of the kingdom dimension, the glory dimension, and the love dimension of divine love. And that realm is going to be completely separated from you so it can't touch you or do you harm anymore. And you'll be lifted up above those people that don't receive love and don't love and reject divine love. They reject the knowledge of the glory. They reject revelation of divine love. They reject revelation and intimate knowledge of God the Father. They reject the kingdom. And don't accuse them. Keep loving them. Because at any point, they can be melted and join you in the Father's house simply by drinking the wine of your spirit life so enriched in divine love. That's why it's written, Feast upon her, all you priests. Feast upon the bride. Which means, let the people feast upon your spirit life and drink and eat out of what has been developed in your spirit. Eat the fruit. Test the fruit. Another explanation for testing the fruit is, eat the fruit off of people's spirit. What's being manifest through their soul? Does it reproduce love? Which, which is divine intoxication of the glory of God. Does it reproduce the glory? Because all the fruits come out of the glory. The love of God is the glory of God. Joy comes out of the glory of God. Peace comes out of the glory of God. And it all comes out of the revelation of love. Song of Songs 4. Listen, my dearest darling. You are so beautiful. You are beauty itself to me. Your eyes glisten with love like gentle doves behind your veil. What devotion I see each time I gaze upon you. You are like a sacrifice ready to be offered. When I look at you, I see how you have taken my fruit and tasted my word. Your life has become clean and pure, like a lamb washed and newly shorn. You now show grace and balance with truth on display. Your lips are as lovely as Rahab's scarlet ribbon, speaking mercy, speaking grace. The words of your mouth are as refreshing as an oasis. What pleasure you bring me. I see your blushing cheeks. So drunk, your cheeks feel like two halves of a pomegranate. You guys been experiencing that lately? I see it on others. It literally feels like my face is split open in ecstasy. And there's two halves of a pomegranate just glistening with drunken glory. With fresh wine, new wine through my face. It's wild. It's wild how deep the revelation of love is that Solomon brought from God the Father here in Song of Songs. Because as you experience these things, you go, whoa, they knew about these realms 3,000 years ago? Yes, they did. I think we understand it on a deeper level than the New Covenant now. But they were experiencing God in a major way. Showing through your veil of tender meekness. When I look at you, I see your inner strength so stately and strong. You are as secure as David's fortress. Your virtues and grace cause a thousand famous soldiers to surrender to your beauty. Your pure faith and love rest over your heart as you nurture those who are yet infants. I've made up my mind. 
until the darkness disappears and the dawn has fully come. In spite of shadows and fears, I will go to the mountain top with you, the mountain of suffering love, the hill of burning incense. Yes, I will be your bride. Every part of you is so beautiful, my darling. Perfect is your beauty, without flaw within. Now you are ready, my bride, to come with me as we climb the highest peaks together. Come with me through the archway of trust. We will look down from the crest of the glistening mounts and from the summit of our sublime sanctuary. Together we will wage war in the lion's den and the leopard's lair as they watch nightly for their prey. That's all the realm of false love, carnal love. For you reach into my heart with one flash of your eyes, and I am undone by your love, my beloved, my equal, my equal yoke, my bride. You leave me breathless. I am overcome by merely a glance of your worshiping eyes. For you have stolen my heart. I am held hostage by your love and by the graces of righteousness shining upon you. How satisfying to me, my equal, my bride. Your love is my finest wine, intoxicating and thrilling. And your sweet perfume praises, so exotic, so pleasing. Your loving words are like the honeycomb to me. Your tongue releases milk and honey, for I find the promised land flowing within you. Glory, the spirit life of the bride. Full spiritual stature of Christ fully formed in you. The fragrance of your worshiping love surrounds you with scented robes of white. My darling bride, my private paradise, fastened to my heart. A secret spring are you that no one else can have. My bubbling fountain hidden from public view. What a perfect partner to me now that I have you. Your inward life is now sprouting, bringing forth fruit. What a beautiful paradise unfolds within you. When I'm near you, I smell aromas of the finest spice. For many clusters of my exquisite fruit now grow in your inner garden. Here are the nine. Pomegranates of passion. Henna from heaven, spiked nard so sweet, saffron shining, fragrant calamus from the cross, sacred cinnamon, branches of scented woods, myrrh like tears from a tree, and aloe as eagles ascending. <sighs> aloe as eagles ascending. The more you receive, the higher you go, and the more you're healed. Your life flows into mine, pure as a garden spring. A well of living water springs up from within you, like a mountain brook flowing into my heart. Then may your awakening breathe, your awakening breath blow upon my life until I am fully yours. Breathe upon me with your spirit wind. Stir up the sweet spice of your life within me. Spare nothing as you make me your fruitful garden. Hold nothing back until I release your fragrance. Come walk with me as you walked with Adam in your paradise garden. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Fragrance. The fragrance of Christ is life to those that are living, but the fragrance of Christ, your intimacy, your divine love, is the fragrance of death to those that are dying. It is written. Come taste the fruits of your life in me. I have come to you, my darling bride, for you are my paradise garden. Come walk with me until I am fully yours. Come taste the fruits of your life in me. The sacred love story 
is all about the development of the inner garden, your spirit life in Christ, until all the fruitfulness of God the Father is fully manifest through your souls into the natural realm, healing the nations, restoring all things, and being a covering and canopy of divine love to protect every soul, even every sinner, from Satan and his angels. In the name of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to give a love offering, you can donate at redlettermen.com. Otherwise, we'll see you guys tomorrow. We love you. Be blessed. Amen. Glory.